Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and I'm joined by the lovely Lindsay, the sexologist in training. Hello. The blogger of uh, sexinthesheets.com. That's S-A-C-inthesheets.com. Yep. And uh, how have you been? I've been great. I've been ready to come back. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. The, uh, the the sexologist in training is the official title because you are going to school currently yes. to become a sexual sex educator. Yes. I want to become a certified sex educator, which is a CSE, and then eventually move over to um, certified sex counselor, which is CSC. Okay. So, yeah. I've got them in the works. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And do you, how's it going so far? Uh, last semester. Really? I graduate this year. Yes. No kidding. Yes. Congratulations, almost. Thank you, in advance. <laughs> yes, right on. And at what what school are you going to? Sex State. Oh, okay. Go cool. Hornets. Stingers up. <laughs> <laughs> how is how is college going now with everything going on with the, with the pandemic and everything? Are you doing a lot of classes over Zoom? Is it a lot of just independent study type of stuff? Um, right now, I only have one class on campus, okay. and I love being on campus. So I was like, uh, yes, sign me up, please. Yeah. Return to some kind of normal. <laughs> right. And is that so it, it, do you feel like it's a little different? A little bit. Go there. There's definitely fewer people mm-hmm. and um, being in class, you know, with a mask and, you know, maybe there's a, a desk that's empty next to you. Right. So it's just like, OK, whatever. Yeah. Just smaller. It just feels like a smaller class yeah. kind of thing. And that's great for parking. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the one thing I do miss about like the beginning of the pandemic is all the traffic was oh, yeah. gone. You know, just being the only person on the freeway was such a such a nice feeling. Yes. But now it's just kind of sad because of everything that's happened. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. No, no, no. We're going to talk about fun things. Yes. Um. But, you know, while you're doing your schooling, you're you're this isn't your full time gig. You're also a vet tech right 15 years in oh my gosh and so is your is your ultimate goal to be like you know what i'm done gonna hang up my stethoscope and and go into the uh the sexual education field yep it's actually like i've wanted to get out for a long time Mm -hmm. Um, vet medicine has a huge turnover rate um so for 15 years that's kind of not to say a record but it's longer than average wow yeah. Good for you. Thank you. That takes a it takes a special human being to be able to stomach a lot of stuff that you prob- that you see on a daily basis. Yeah. And at least I'm not working emergency anymore, oh, which is a complete other shit show. That but. would be even harder. I can only imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um so today uh we are going to talk a little bit about everything, but um since the date that this episode is released um it falls on the bisexual recognition awareness day visibility visibility yeah um and this the the entire month of september you were saying is kind of like a a focus on bisexuality um in general yeah um and since i have been transparent about my sexuality over the years on the rad show i i ultimately came out as bisexual um quite a few years ago and i i feel like I, i feel like this is a good time to revisit this topic because um while we were doing the Rad Kids at Fire Up uh, events over mm-hmm. the summer, um, you you came out and we were, we were talking about you know having you back onto the the podcast and I was mentioning to you how I've been kind of struggling with my own sexuality, um, and I don't know why or when, but I I do know that because of all the life changes that I've gone through over the last year, you know, going through a divorce and a separation and and, and starting life over basically since January, mm-hmm. I really reined myself in sexually. I've always been a very sexual person. I, that's always kind of been a driving force of my personality. Seeking sex? Not just seeking sex, but just it being 
you know, a, a focal point of mine. Okay. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it's not like an, it wasn't like I was addicted and, right. you know, it, my life was interrupted by all of these thoughts and fantasies and, you know, seeking things out. Gotcha. Okay. It was just more of a, it was a stronger portion of, of my, my, like if you were to split up your personality into a pie, it was a lot, it was a big pretty slice, big of pie. slice of pie. Gotcha. Yeah. Big slice of cream pie. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes it could just be a little much like this. Just It's like, okay, I need to not focus so much of this energy on the sex stuff and just kind of explore who I am without it. Like see what kind of identity pops up there. Right. And, and during that time over a couple of months, I just, I just kind of stopped thinking about it, stopped worrying about that portion of me. And I realized that, you know, maybe I'm not as bisexual as I thought I was. Okay. More so leaning towards like the pansexual realm because it's like, I just love whatever I love. It doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other. It, right. could, it could be any any scope of of partner. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It, it, the only thing that really boils down to is the chemistry. Right. Exactly. So uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but honestly, I just don't know if if sex is that really important to me. And I, but I think it's I think it's an important thing for all of us to take a step back, though. Like have, I, my trainer. My trainer at the gym, his name is Titus, and he was telling me about how he's been abstinent for months. Okay. And the results of him doing that have drastically improved his life, not just socially, but like financially. He's 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 excelled in other areas of his life because he has abstained from any sort of sexual contact. And I, I found that very interesting. Yeah. And it's something I can't really get my hands around <laughs> pun intended uh because you know there's there's certain temptations but right you know how how much do you know about about that when it comes to like um what's what's called semen retention oh like edging or whatever or well, not necessarily edging but just not ejaculating yeah i mean okay. is, there, is there any truth to to that like is it like help that's your I've mental heard. cognitude that's that's kind of what i've heard i, I don't know if it's specifically an athletic thing or um a performance thing i i since i don't have semen but i don't have a penis i mean i can't really comment on it oh they don't cover um, this in class yet? not yet oh, okay. uh, yeah. yeah so we haven't we haven't ventured down that avenue yet got it yeah it's it's just it's really fascinating to me and it's something that takes a lot of willpower and i've heard of other prolific people like oh man years and years ago i heard of uh, rivers cuomo from weezer from weezer yeah he did a year of abstinence for similar reasons to like clear his mind and not focus on on those carnal desires mm-hmm. and focusing that energy into Elsewhere. the creative process yeah and it, and then we got the green album and okay. so you know i think that that's there, there's some i think there's some truth to it it just takes a lot of willpower a lot of willpower and i mean um I, I guess from an abstinence standpoint, I, I assume that includes masturbation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, I, I imagine, and that's from what I've gathered uh, from talking that's a, to. That's a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I, I just, I can't not for a, a, an extended period of time. Yeah, same. Like, um, <laughs> I, I mean, for me, I lived a fairly abstinent life um, growing up Catholic, of course. Mm. So 
that that was in my youth that was in my childhood right and then once i discovered ooh, that actually feels good i have never had like a dry spell in that regard even if i've been single right i'm masturbating so (laughs) i can't comment on production or on benefit (laughs) to not doing it um but if it works for you hey it works for you right it's and it's i think it's one of those things like i don't want to consider it to like alcoholism or or anything but there's obviously you can take anything too far oh yeah you can go too far to the to the you know the spectrum either way either it's, way and you can live such a sheltered life that it would damage you from not damage you but it would be damaging to the potential relations that you could have with partners down the road because you're you're not allowing yourself to to explore those things as like an individual yeah. like who you who you really are exactly sex aside right yeah which i think a lot of the a lot of the conversation these days is the women empowerment and women becoming more comfortable with their bodies mm-hmm. and you know the 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 more natural um angle of there there's that the women are actually becoming more sexually aware as they get older and that there's there's more of a embracing nature to that i, I you know i don't know if how much is that the, the woman's movement but I just think that that's just because it's the way it is and we're becoming more aware of it. I think becoming aware is huge and social media is huge, like the sex positivity movement, the body positivity movement. So I think a lot of people are finally starting to embrace themselves mm-hmm. um, and whether or not that's with abstinence or, or without, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. And as far as sexual liberation goes, I would assume there's no abstinence involved. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, trying new things and meeting yeah. new people and such which makes these the internet is is an amazing tool if you know what you're doing but a lot of people who are are questioning like certain sex acts or certain things to explore with themselves man there are there's a wealth of information examples um stories available online just even on instagram if you just go you know search for particular tags or or uh, certain accounts Mm -hmm. there's there's so many pictures, diagrams, stories, people like you who share things from your perspective that it, it's almost like nobody has room, like you don't have to be ashamed anymore. Obvi- you know, even like going up to Amazon and buying sex toys. Oh yeah, you don't, you, don't have, you don't have to walk into a sex shop and be embarrassed anymore because it's just so easy and it's so accessible right. to everyone. Right. So like if a guy is into pegging or wants to get into pegging, he can go up on onto the you know the internet. Pornhub is obviously a, a go to, but <laughs> but there's also like more educational places that there the resources are available. So that if people really wanted to know and and get deeper into it, pun intended, <laughs> that it, it's just it's like there's no shame, and it's it's easier to embrace your own individuality in that mm-hmm. sense. Would you agree? Absolutely, I would. And there will be a pegging blog eventually. I have my whole anal series that has to get re-uploaded. Um, but yeah, pegging will be added up to that too. So you're saying that you're a little behind on putting the pegging ha, blog ha, up? Ha 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 ha. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I missed August too because um, August is like anal month. So What? Yeah. There's, who who there's decided months, that? I don't know. When you go on social media and especially if you're in my kind of circle mm-hmm. uh, of uh, other sex educators, it's hashtag anal August. And I'm like, oh, we should like I should post all my old um, blogs about this, but I've already got these other ones scheduled and I'm not going to like take them down and redo it. So yeah. 
<laughs> I honestly, I, I want to know who decided August was was anal month. Uh, you know, bisexual awareness, September, fine, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, but do we really, is it just a random thing? Like, hey, you know what? Butt sex just sounds good for August. Well, you know, October is breast health awareness or breast cancer awareness month. So oh, okay. I, I don't know who does them. <laughs> They're just arbitrary in my opinion. Like every day is a day to take care of yourself. So yeah, exactly. So, so give us, give us a little taste of what, uh, what, what anal, your anal series is. It's, I, I think it's, maybe five parts maybe five or six parts but it kind of starts out slow so mm -hmm. the introduction you know what is anal like what does anal pertain to anal sex um you know analingus um which is spanking. ass to mouth right no 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 ass to mouth is something completely different oh yeah that's right that's when okay no but the, like, analingus is when you're it's eating ass eating your or, ass. Or rimming you right know, whatever you want to call it ass to mouth is when a guy is penetrating an anus the anus and then you pull out and then Whoever is in your partner's mouth, yeah, right? The partner, yeah. Okay, got that it. is ass to mouth. Yeah, um, just just for the uh, you know the, the listeners who don't know. Yeah, um, I think I cover spanking, and then I cover like prepping, training, um, the actual act itself. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of different little windows. So tra training is is something interesting because it involves various toys or or even practice. Mm -hmm. in order to achieve the goal of receiving a massive hog. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like, if you're using a plug, um, they kind of vary from very slender, maybe about the, the width of your pinky right. to kind of start with. Right. And then, of course, there's the ones that go to like the size of a human head. Um, Good. Which is not necessarily God. training at that point. I think you've that's, succeeded your training. <laughs> that's like Olympic gold medal status of of anal whatever yeah gaping <laughs> anal that's, gaping. that's yeah. gaping at that point that's oh yeah oh my god that does remind me you know you, you get down the rabbit hole on some some videos and online and you see some really interesting things when you get deep enough pun intended <laughs> the, the the head thing though I, i've seen that before the, right? the Where, plug that's like that no 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 or, oh god no an actual human head oh yeah in someone's ass yes oh okay haven't gone that far. It, it's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things you can't unsee. unsee? You know, like you, you just stumble on bestiality porn sometimes, oh. and it's like click away, click away. No, really, start Stop clicking, clicking away. Yeah. <laughs> like I've seen. Um, I don't. I'm not into bestiality at all. But I have seen. I guess That's there's good. like a horse shaped dildo that you can use. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Shaped, right? Oh god, and it's massive and it's anatomically correct, correct right yeah, it's hor it's not to say horrifying it's horrifying to me it is horrifying but... because somebody's like oh i'm into that yeah, yeah. I, I mean like <laughs> i can't find a horse so <laughs> next best thing yeah <laughs> like there's there's the ones where they're like actually shaped like the the hand that's like you know pointed in so you can get the the fist the action. taper yeah the and taper. it's like the full fist one God, it's mm -hmm. like man i i i actually I think it would be an interesting job to be the one who casts those things. Like you, you're not going to cast a a horse cock, obviously. Like <laughs> I mean, well, maybe they do. I don't know. But you know, like to, to create the molds. Yeah. Well, all these porn stars that are making these sex toys that are molded after their their vaginas or their assholes or their or mouth. even their mouth. Yeah. Like somebody sits there and and like pours wax around or whatever it is to create that that cast mold. Yep. And now you you how weird would it be to see your private parts on the shelves at an adult store 
Um, I think if you're in that industry, it's fine. I think there's actually something. It's not called Clona Willy or like maybe it's Make a Willy or something Clona like that. Clona Okay. I used one of those. Oh, damn. Okay. And <laughs> were you making it for yourself or for your partner? Well, my partner and I wanted to try it because okay. because we were venturing into that. We were venturing into that DP territory, oh, you know, fun. <laughs> right. And like, you know, how cool would it be if it was two of me? Double penetration for those of you who don't know. Thank you. And, um, uh, yeah, it it didn't turn out well, and every okay. every review that I read m- mimicked what my experience was, and it it just when you clone it, it's not the same size. Like it, it oh. it's a mo- a lot smaller. At least maybe that's what I'm telling myself. And it's like <laughs> you know when you finally see the the mold of it, this and you're like wrong. you're face to face with it, it's like it's not that it's not that small. <laughs> I promise it's not. Uh, but yeah, it was it was not a very successful mission. Okay, yeah. so um. So then I can't really say you tell me how weird it is obviously. It's weird like when you when you're rummaging through the toy drawer and you see your thing it's like okay all right I don't know it's like it's not that impressive to me anymore. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no it's it's a it's an amazing time to be alive. All these all these fancy inventions. What I always love um there's some video on YouTube and it was a porn star and she was promoting her her uh, prosthetic butt and you know she's basically fingering this uh ass and she's just like yeah I'm not this tight anymore so if you buy this oh, <laughs> I'm like oh my god okay wow. hey, whatever sells it's yeah like, you can get me in my prime <laughs> uh, no kidding <laughs> I I do I do find I don't know. I don't know if I could use one of those things. Like the the whole mold of the behind and just find a human. <laughs> I know. Like it just seems I don't know. I just imagine like if I were to like have a heart attack mid sesh and they walked in on me with one of those things like I don't know. I, I, I would rather have a heart attack on another human being and, you know. But then think of the trauma on that human being. Yeah, you got to. I killed you, him. You got it. Well, I mean. <laughs> or, you know. I rocked his world so much. <laughs> you know, I fucked I fucked him to to cardiac arrest. Well, before you, uh, before we started, I was actually watching um, TikToks and they were talking about uh, face sitting for uh, women sitting on, on men's faces. And it's like, oh, should I sit or should I hover? And the commentary was like, don't hover, sit down. And then the following comments were, but you need oxygen, you need to breathe. And it's like, I will die eating pussy and ass. I, I don't care. Sit on my face. So <laughs> I saw a meme where it was like, it was like this, this skull that had been decomposed and entrapped and, and between two uh, pieces of, of a tree, like, like trapped in like this V-shaped thing. And it's like, this is what, you know, not coming up for air looks like or whatever. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, yes, I will die. <laughs> doing that absolutely that's what it said i I will die doing tell him i died doing what i love exactly (laughs) i will i will happily be deprived of oxygen in fact there's something really hot about it like face sitting in general i that's something that i've been really fascinated with because i just i've never really gone down that road yet but when 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 somebody's riding my face and i can't have air and they reach around behind them and put their hand on my neck and start choking. It's like, okay, I, I can't. <laughs> you you got to stop or else I'm going to explode. But I will die happy with a smile on my face. Um, yeah, once, once the eating stops, hey, are you okay down there? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that, yeah, that. So it, it's, it just, it's, it's one of those things like, how do you broach that subject with somebody? You, you just got to know your audience, right? Like, um, like, like with a partner, with a like, partner? yeah, because yeah. there's some weird things that you might see or want to do. And I think I taught, we taught, we tried, 
we talked a little bit about this on the last broadcast we did, but it just seems like one of those things that it should be so easy and natural to bring up to a partner to be like, hey, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always go fall back on that. Well, just show pictures of it or, you know, send a video and say, hey, what do you think of this? Right. But then what if it backfires? You know, if it backfires. I mean, we all do those things that embarrass our, you know, ourselves. Yeah. We were awkward at times and it is what it is. And if I think the important part is how your partner responds. So if your partner is shaming you or like guilting you and like making you feel bad about it, Mm -hmm. I think you might have an asshole of a partner or Mm -hmm. at least in that respect um, versus someone who's supportive or it it just even says, no, I'm not interested in that. And just that's the end of it. Yeah. You don't have to be a dick about it. Right. Because I I can, I can speak from experience that, you know, I would, I would bring something to the table and it'd be like, Oh, you like that? Oh, well, you know, it's just kind of like a dismissive re- response where you think that it would be a safe place for somebody to be just be like, hey, this is something that, hey, it just piques my interest. It doesn't mean I'm going to go out and do it all the time if I can't get it here. Right, exactly. Type of thing. Um, so when you are going, when you're going to be a sex educator, are you going to deal with people like that in those types of situations? I would hope so. Um, One of the things, like one of my main goals is being able to talk to um, kids, young people, teens, and just kind of introduce them to sexuality overall. And that includes, you know, as simple as menstruation or getting an erection or um, puberty, basically. Mm -hmm. But with puberty comes arousal and with arousal comes, you know, curiosity and what do I do with this? Or if they've heard things that they because I, I mean I was in the fifth grade and I heard the word dildo and of course I'm like I don't know what that means right but you know if if I were to go and ask an adult they'd probably reprimand me for saying such a word oh my sure. god right so I want to be that person that's like okay well here's what it is mm-hmm. and just straightforward honest just normalize, normalize it. it yeah and then for adults um maybe once I become like a sex counselor then for sure like venture into that territory like oh okay you want to sit on your man's face and you don't know how to ask the question let's talk about that <laughs> right so you'd, you'd basically be like a mediator in that kind of case yeah okay that'd be cool yeah so how would you broach the subject to somebody who just heard the erection or is just learning about menstruation or you know because there are some adults who are pretty sheltered that haven't gone through that so let's just pretend you know because we don't necessarily want to you know talk how would you talk to kids about this right but i think that that's uh, on the other hand it might be a good thing because there might be some parents here that are listening that might be like well how do do i I, how do i broach this subject um so how how would you recommend a parent dip their toes into that i've thought about this and i think it's making sure the child is ready because i mean with sex ed in school it was like the moment like we've all been waiting for this we're excited for this and right. show us show, show us, us the diagram you know? yeah and um for the kids whose parents were like no my kid's not going to participate i feel like the kid was kind of bummed out or like oh i'm missing out or like i'm i'm not cool now because i'm not allowed oh, yeah so like from a parent child standpoint like hey are you ready to have this conversation about what is going to happen to your body because another thing that sucks about puberty is it's spontaneous. There's no set, you know, you're going to turn 10 years old, boom, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of prep your child, like especially if you have a, um, a menstruator, and I'm saying that because I'm trying to be gender neutral, mm-hmm. um, you should probably address menstruation maybe around eight or nine years old mm-hmm. and just, hey, um, 
are you ready to have this conversation? And it seems like there there are some there are some resources that that are available now. Like I don't know, <laughs> this is considered a resource, but you know that show Big Mouth, yeah, on Netflix. Absolutely, it definitely normalizes that stuff in a crude way. Like it's obviously adult humor, <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Yes, but like maybe there's some things that like some maybe some um, like emotionally or mentally stunted parents and I'm not trying to talk down but maybe there are some parents that are like a little bit more on the immature side who might be able to take some things like that or would you not recommend people use a cartoon um, to give sex ed I think you can use the cartoon if you have like the factoids next to you mm. so like a, a, one of the good examples on the show um Jessie who's the the redheaded girl she gets her period at camp mm -hmm. and she uh, goes into the water with a pad and of course, all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. I mean, it ends up like siphoning the river into it. And like someone, <laughs> I think a plane crashes and someone dies, which is a lot to say. But I mean, I don't know if she didn't know not to go into the water with pads or right. if it's because I'm so uncomfortable with tampons. Like, I don't know where to begin. Right. And then they go through the kind of myriad of tampons. And there's like the super ultra jumbo tampons that look like, <laughs> you know, the rock and it has this like physique. And yeah. then she finds like the, the slender one that's like, oh, this Hi, one's I'm just for me. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it took her some practice, but she got it. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll get graphic and I'll get TMI, I don't care. Like for my own period, um, I was 12 and we had pads, we had the Midol, we had everything ready. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about flow. I didn't know that flows are not uniform. And right. so when we bought my pads, we bought the light pack because Ew. why Why wouldn't we? Sure, and you're course, young, you're yeah, just starting. Just so, starting. Yeah. I woke up the next morning and it was like a massacre in my bed. Oh and my so I'm like, hey mom, I don't think it works. So like, I think we need the next size up is is that even a thing and yeah. so i'm so confused and curious <clears throat> excuse me and then um on top of that too pads with wings pads without wings mm -hmm. um day liners overnighters like there's so much variety and just to have the conversation hey this is what is gonna happen and Gosh. what you're gonna have to do poor Poor menstruators, because <laughs> because those that do not menstruate have it so easy. You really do. And I, I don't know. I don't think that uh, some some people just don't give menstruators enough credit. I don't think. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you you bring up uh, 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 periods and and puberty, and now how does how does a parent go about talking birth control to their kids? Um. Good question. Um, so for me, I started birth control because of my period. Okay. So it wasn't even like I'm sexually active or anything. It was I had irregular periods. They would be eight days long at a time, which is um, normal for some people. Um, and I was just like, Mom, can we please do something about this that's happening to me? And so we finally went and I got on the pill. And that was kind of it. As far as see I, that was a personal thing for me I had to bring that up to my mom oh, like wow. I want to be on birth control for these reasons and I knew that they controlled or helped with menstruation with cramping with acne and um, so on and so forth because I had to do the research myself right so sexologist knew was coming out early very early mm -hmm. and so I think for um, someone who menstruates and it's like wow this is awful how do I uh, help this or how do I shorten this or alleviate it? Birth control, hormonal birth controls, I should say, is one option. And bringing that up to your parents can be hard. 
the other option is just going to Planned Parenthood because mm -hmm. they are not obligated to tell your parents what you're doing and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So there's anonymity, confidentiality, and um, it's a safe space. Mm -hmm. So I have, that's one option. But then, you know, how am I going to get to Planned Parenthood? And is it going to cost me anything? Right. And, you know, a lot of anxiety surrounding birth control. So yeah. as far as parents go, I think you could probably tie it into like the puberty menstruation talk because mm -hmm. if, if you have um an ejaculator <laughs> you would want to promote okay i know that you're you know gonna start going through these changes and feeling these things safe sex you know number one condom use and that's kind of the extent for um, ejaculators mm -hmm. but for menstruators it's like okay so you're gonna need birth control you're gonna need um a safe sex method like like a condom mm -hmm. um and so on and so forth so i think they can kind of go hand in hand are diaphragms even that popular anymore i don't know how popular they are anymore but they still exist yeah <laughs> that just seems like such an archaic form like well, there's speaking there's of putting, archaic, putting the balloon about the diaphragm. <laughs> What's that? I'm like speaking of archaic. If you don't know about the diaphragm, What's that? It's a it's a barrier method that you um, insert into the vagina and it expands and covers the cervix, ideally preventing um, sperm and semen from entering the uterus. It's like a reverse condom. Kinda. Right? Kind of well, like an inward inverted condom. There's an, there's the internal condom. Oh, there is. Yeah. So, um, but the the diaphragm it kind of looks like a like a yamaka almost, mm -hmm. like a smaller yamaka <laughs> that you could just stick up there. Oh, look, I'm <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, I I've never seen one, but always joked about in sitcoms, the diaphragm, and, you know, yeah. comedy, you know, movies and things like that. But wasn't the diaphragm on Big Mouth? I think so. Yes, and it was like this old, aged, like fifty-year-old woman who <laughs> smoke smoking. Her voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, she's like talking to the mom of the kid, and yeah. yeah. God, I love that show. So do I. It's such a good, like, it's a good mindless escape, but it really does like put you back in that state of mind when you were that age, you know, an adolescent going through all that that crap, and it, like oh. even the adults too. The adults are going through it on the show too. Yeah, like real stuff, except for Coach Steve. Like Co <laughs> Coach Steve is like I think he's my favorite character because <laughs> he's so naive to everything. Yeah, but man, it, it, that's such a great show. It's so good. Um, so what else? What, what so we got anal month in August, mm -hmm. and uh, I've I've noticed that you've been doing another series at uh, sackinthesheets.com of uh, genitalia where you focus on the the external and the internal oh yeah so just give us a little taste of of what the differences are that you're and, and what you discuss in those blocks for sure so for um people with vaginas uh, i think the common most common misconception is that the external portion is the vagina it is not that is the vulva oh. so when everyone's like oh yeah you know girls have vaginas that's true but we i think automatically associate that with the outer portion, so the pubic hair, the lips, the clit. The whole package. The whole package. That it, that entirety is the vulva, right. not the vagina. The vagina oh. is the canal that goes up into the body. Oh. End of story. So you got to get through all that other stuff to get to the vagina. Yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And then from the inside, you know, there's the uterus, the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, um, the connective tissues. Mm -hmm. And then for um, penis owners, the external is the penis itself, the scrotum. And I mean, I guess technically you could say the testicles because they are on the outside. Mm -hmm. um, and then from the inside, it's where like the van deferens are. It's where, you know, the urethra is. It's where the prostate is. Um, so yeah, internal versus external. And so you go pretty in depth on, um, the anatomy of everything. Oh yeah. There's pictures, there's diagrams. Sweet. <laughs> Cause you know, the internet needs more of that. 
Well, I mean, from from an educational standpoint, Absolutely. I would say yes. I was, I was, <laughs> I was like, there's plenty of vagina and penis on the internet. <laughs> half being facetious, half being honest. Like, this is a good source for people. Like, Thank honestly, like, I think that this is a great starting point for those who are either questioning, wondering, curious, um, at a, at a, at a, at a impasse on how to discuss these things, not just with your partners, but with, with people that you're either raising or that are in your life that, that might need some advice. Um, I, I love the fact that this is becoming a more normal conversation and excuse me, I do think that it is because of the internet that it's just made it more of a comfortable space for people to go. I think especially for young people, because I'm, I'm sure plenty of us probably would take this to an adult or our parents or somebody that we know and I think with being millennial and beyond, we're kind of that more open-minded generation, whereas bringing some of the stuff that we talk about to our parents or even our grandparents would still be like shock factor, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, Oh, and speaking of um, external and internal parts, we are learning about intersex uh, people in my class right now. So that will be a blog soon because, again, um, there are women who have testicles um, where their ovaries should be, or there are women who have... XY chromosomes. So from a biological standpoint, they're quote unquote male, but wow. from an out external, they look physically female. That's so fascinating. And this isn't, this is just, they're, they're literally born with the parts. It's not like born with a vulva. It's not like they're going through transitions or, no. or anything like that. This is literally your body is, is just different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or there are That's fascinating. Um, like the, I just found out the antiquated term was hermaphrodite. That's what they used to be referred to as, and okay. it's now intersex. Mm. Um, but yeah, so just like from a chromosomal standpoint, and sh- the the talk that I listened to or that I watched, they talk about the seven components of um, sex. So you have your sex hormones, your chromosomes, your internal gen- uh, genitalia or uh, internal reproductive organs, your external genitalia. Um, how your body responds to all of this. Um, so there, it, it's so involved. Yeah, there's so many things under the hood, pun intended. Definitely. That <laughs> there is, there's just so much that is affected by our, our, our daily lives are affected by our sexual organs. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, it's so taboo. And to, to not say, you know, like somebody who, some dude who's just really horny and it is not aware of what's going on internally could could be seen as like some sex crazed maniac yeah. when, when he just needs some help like reining it in or yeah. you know re- just to be able to to understand better what he's going through that release you know whatever right and to be to be an inter- intersex person must be so difficult the thing that's really devastating to learn about intersex people is um the the unnecessary surgeries that still occur because say there's a baby that's born and looks like a boy. Mm. It has testicles on the outside, but the penis is a lot smaller than it quote unquote should be. And it's not just a micro penis. No, it's a clitoris. Right. Because either in development or, you know, chromosomal variations, whatever, it's just made it form that way. Mm. Or if, um, for instance, you have a female presenting baby that looks like a girl, but maybe her clitoris is a little bit too big. What do they do? They cut it. Oh my gosh. And then they kind of tell the parents, yeah, just go ahead and raise the child as you would a boy or girl, depending on what surgery they do. Mm-hmm. It's easier to construct a vagina than it is to construct a penis. And then the kid grows up and lo and behold, oh wait, I was okay. I didn't need these surgeries. Right. And not only that, but it just doing the aesthetic surgery in the beginning doesn't change the the physiological 
effects no, that, that individual might be going through right. or feeling and experiencing hormones. All of these things are just going to be shruffed, you know, snuffed off like, oh, well, we got rid of that thing when you were born. So yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't be this way. Yeah. And um, we, we immediately throw gender onto our babies. You know, it's like, mm. oh, it has a vagina. It's a girl. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. And I don't understand why, especially in 2021, you have the science that proves that these surgeries are completely unnecessary. Yeah. And with the changing um, gender identities that you can put on legal paperwork, like, you know, it, it's not just MF anymore. If you want to put I for intersex or U for unassigned, why is this not a thing? Yeah. So. Well, I think that there, I think that it's still a shift that's happening slowly. Slowly, yeah. But I think that it's, it's an a, we're in a transitionary period, pun intended, that th it just feels like there's not enough education spread without the community. Yeah. Or open mind. And maybe maybe this is that this golden age that we're coming upon where, pun intended, where we can have so that <laughs> discussion with uh with with medical professionals that could that could express that to people, you know, because the general public. There, there are so many people that are just so like, ah, no, 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 I don't even want it. I don't even I don't want to know it. about it. I don't it. Yeah. even want, it's it's male or female. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Mm. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I, I, there's two, there's a lot of people like that. And, you know, I think that we're changing in the right direction, but Slowly. it's going to take some time. Yeah. But that's why we have sex educators like you. Yeah. I know that there are countries in Europe that have flat out like outlawed circumcising boys um, at birth because it's like, no, that is their choice. That one, I, I have nothing against, I guess I, I can't really say because I don't remember when I went through it. Right. But, you know, for those that, that don't, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, I know that that's the natural state of things. And that's why a lot of parents choose to un keep their kids uncircumcised. Right. But is there, medically, is there a reason why we're doing it now versus back when things were a little bit more archaic and they were doing it for cleanliness? Purposes, yeah, right. They, that was a big claim was Hygiene. cleanliness because of smegma buildup. Yeah, um, just clean yourself. Clean yourself. Yeah, there is a medical condition. I cannot think of what the, the term is, but it's basically when the foreskin is too tight around the penis. Okay. Then yeah, you kind of are obligated because it constricts urination and function and so on. Yeah. So okay, fine. Medically necessary, yeah. sure. But for um, whatever purpose, aesthetic or otherwise, that you're like, oh yeah, go ahead and snip that off. Would you want that something snipped off of you? I mean, I mean, I mean, if you if you've already been circumcised and you don't remember, then exactly, you know. And I, I wonder. I, I I this might be a little TMI, but I I wonder if I wasn't <laughs> because I remember very vividly. I was very very young. I, I feel like I had that the the hood. <laughs> It's the foreskin. The foreskin. Thank you. <laughs> let's let's just be let's be medical here. Um, but there was an incident where I was at a sleepover, and this isn't where it's going. Where you think it is? Roughhousing was happening, and somebody had jumped. I was like laying on my back, clothed. There's no sexual activity, right? Either. Right. But I was young, and I just remember a kid jumping off of like a table or something and landing right on my crotch, <sighs> and it tore. Like I felt, I felt it tear, and it, like when I looked. It was different. Like the, the the appearance of it was different after that. 
And I know, like, I don't have, I don't have any pictures or anything like to, to, compare. to compare it to. Yeah. Right. Like, I know that there's like the firstborn pictures out there somewhere, you know, but. Not no, dick, though. Right. There's no evidence, like, you know, maybe in, in an old VHS home video or something, me at a, in the bath or something. I right. don't know. But I never really cared to, to, to research this. But, you know, it, it's just, it's just always been this vivid memory because I remember the pain being so excruciating. And it was, it wasn't the same as like getting kicked in the nuts. It was literally like something tore ah. and it was a change in uh. the appearance. Everything's fine. Like there's, there's no issues, but right. it's just one of those things that is stands out stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe ask your parents. No. Some, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I, I, I come out of this, these recording sessions about sex with more questions than answers. And you can always shoot me a message and I will happily answer it for you <clears> well, if I can. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll refrain from the, the, the childhood, you know, penis rupturing stories, but. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about it, it's, it's your story. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, just just a weird thing. Gotcha. Um, let's see what else? What are we covering here? Well, it's Sexual Health Month, so we can talk about it's any, Sexual Health any, Month too. Yeah, September is Sexual Health Month or and, Sexual Wellness Month. Okay, and Bisexual Visibility Month. All right. <laughs> so, how do you celebrate Sexual Wellness Month? Oh well, um, blogging mostly. <laughs> um, I like to. I'll be honest, you know. I'm I'm a masturbator. I'm like a not not chronic masturbator, but I do it frequently and I enjoy the way I feel during and after mm -hmm. and it keeps my head clear. It helps me not lose my mind or go crazy. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So that's kind of how I celebrate, just you know, appreciating my, my body. body. Yeah. Right, and cool. and treating it well and right. you know. So is this something being in your position and um, wanting to educate people? Is this something that you talk about like openly and freely with with whoever? Like just be like, hey, so by the way, I, I masturbated like three times. <laughs> if I if I'm close to the person, sure. Yeah. If I don't go like to school and just be like, hey, you next to me, guess what I just did? You know, it's not like that. Right. But I, you know, in blogging about it or going on social media about it, um, yeah. And and I think with bisexuality and sexual health or sexual wellness they kind of sort of tie in because it's you know self-acceptance and self-love mm, yeah. and really just you know embracing who you are as a person so mm. if you're bisexual celebrate yeah. yeah you know one i think one of the other uh, reasons why I, i've i've questioned my my bisexuality is it's a lot harder to quote unquote date men than it is for for me to date women well, I, yeah. I have found yeah um i felt like a fraud when i dated a girl i was just like this doesn't really feel... yeah because i was when i was in high school that's when i learned about um the term bisexuality and i was like well if it means that i like guys and girls i don't have a boyfriend maybe i could have a girlfriend so i asked um this girl that i knew like hey would you want to be my girlfriend and she said yes hmm. and i swear to god one day went by and i was holding her hand and i was just like this isn't right yeah like this isn't who i am right but every time i was with a, a guy i was like this is what feels right to me. Yeah. Even though that sexual attraction or that sexual tension was there with girls. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could classify me as, you know, fluid or um, Bi flexible hetero. Bi-curious maybe. Woman, WSW, woman who has sex with women. It's okay. been like almost 20 years since I've done it, but yeah. I would do it again. <laughs> it's, it's been many years since, since my last encounter with the same sex. And it's, okay. but it's, you know, it was something that, that was kind of a driving force in my previous relationship and something that it was an open place to explore. And I think that that's, 
I think that's just what I needed. You know, I think I just needed to explore it because there were instances where I got kind of close to somebody mm-hmm. and there'd be those instances where, you know, you'd want to like hold hands or show a little PDA and it never felt right. Yeah. It, it's not like it was a bad thing. Yeah, not bad. It just doesn't fit for you. Right. Yeah. It, just, it just felt more comfortable to have that connection with a female than mm-hmm. it did with, and, and you know, all of the exploration stuff that happened behind the scenes that's that's where you know my interest was peaked gotcha um and you know i don't miss it because i, I don't know because it's a, it's a, it's so it's so much work to find somebody who's in the same kind of headspace that i'm at gotcha you know gotcha and it, you try to go to these these places like dating sites or or apps and it's just so sleazy and hook up Hookup culture. The hookup culture yeah. is, is is real, and I I don't have the time or the energy to, to deal with that because I feel like if I'm to open up my space to somebody, it's got to be worthwhile. The the energy exchange has to has to happen. Right. The, that's why chemistry. That's why I don't think that I'm bisexual anymore. I just think that it's just a chemistry based attraction. Doesn't yeah. matter who or what or how or you know what what you got going on biologically yeah and i mean i'll be honest um there was a uh, a trans woman that i was actually attracted to when i was 18 and of course i didn't know she was trans um to, i just saw a hot chick right. and because i am sexually attracted to women i was just like hey you <laughs> i mean <laughs> she hot. was she you're hot she was a lot older so nothing ever happened mm. between the two of us but i wish it had oh well Maybe someday. Maybe yeah. if I ever see her again. There you go. Um, I mean, I was a cute, I was a cougar hunter when I first started. Oh, big time! Like one of my first encounters, I was eighteen, and I had met this girl, this woman, woman <laughs> off of Craigslist. And oh god, not Craigslist! No, this is back in the this was back in the heyday when Craigslist was still okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, in its infancy. Yes. Okay. Like it was still <laughs> it was still like you know you'd meet genuine people. Got it. And not a bunch of sleaze balls. Got it. I got right. I I got super lucky with this particular encounter because she was a lawyer, big wig, you know, and and she ha- wore a wig. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just kidding. But she, uh, but she, she had that whole Mrs. Robinson thing going, which you know worked for me because I was all about that. I, I loved the teach me how to do this, you know. And I think that that it was that confidence that in, in older women that really attracted me to that in that that. Thing. So I, I would go to like cougar events. When I was 21, like I get all dressed up to the nines okay. and I'd go out there and didn't, didn't, never like scored anything. I know. It, I was such a like, I was such like a weasley. I'm, yeah, I'm shocked. I, but I was a weasley little kid, like not, I was confident, but I was like still like, oh, I don't know, you know, but uh, yeah, it, the competition was a little stiff out there for, uh, okay. for youngins like me. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be real, I mean, silver foxes and daddies, then that that's kind of my thing too. Oh, that's a thing. It's yeah, such absolutely. a thing. Oh man, like I if, <laughs> if 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 a silver fox were to bestow themselves upon me and it was like the right time and place and you know, oh yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Silver foxes. <laughs> a shell. Oh yeah. Who get out of here. <laughs> um <clears throat> so what what's so what's what uh What's next? What do we got? What's next? So um, I actually have my my mini list here. So for um, one of the fun things that, that you can do as far as sexual health, and we've been talking about masturbation a lot, um, masturbate with condoms. Really? You know, I, I used to do that when I was younger because it was like a... I wasn't I wasn't sexually active, mm-hmm. but it was like I had them, so I was like, "Try them out." This is kind of exciting. 
Yeah. Know? It's a little fun. I think for... Um, Cleanup's a cinch. Well, exactly. <laughs> for... Um, for vagina owners, uh, the idea is definitely easy cleanup. So you, if you have a toy, slide your uh, condom on and do oh, the thing and then yeah. just toss it away. But the other benefit to it is actually getting yourself used to sex with a condom because so many people say, oh, condom sex is the worst. I hate it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And, you know, skin to skin, of course, feels amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to practice safe sex, especially if it's with somebody that you don't know, you should ideally be used to have yeah. that practice of having a condom and using a condom correctly That's a good and point. enjoying yourself with the condom yeah you know it's already awkward and uncomfortable with somebody you don't know or from are you familiar with so you add in the extra you add in the rubber yeah and then it then it could could make it even more awkward yeah and if you have a partner too um you, you you can transmit stis with your sex toys so if you use a condom then you know cleanups a cinch like i said but you're also having that barrier as well many people probably don't know that that you like the joke is oh don't sit on the toilet seat or else you get you know chlamydia or something yeah but with sex toys because that that it has a purpose sti can live on those devices yeah um on it or in it what's the lifespan of like an sti I on think a it, sex toy like i think that. it varies like virus to bacterium like okay. each may have a certain lifespan i don't think if it's been like a week and you try to do it eh, you know that that's it may not actually transmit but would you really want to stick your like sticky dingy Dirty, toy into somebody's weak old thing yeah uh, no. yeah put so, it in the dishwasher people. dishwash it <laughs> <laughs> soap and water yeah there, there, there's uh some pretty amazing cleaners um like it, you can get them on Amazon. Amazon, it's one of the best sex <laughs> shops in the world. Uh, but there's, I have this really good smelling. Um, it's got like a frankincense in it and stuff. Ooh, oh, ooh yeah, it's super nice. I okay. like it. Yeah. I have a foam, like a you just like ah, yeah. a couple of pumps and let it sit for about ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Sit and rinse. Nice. Oh yeah, and, it's, and it does smell so nice. It doesn't smell chemical or medicinal or mm-hmm. you know uh, disinfectant at all. It smells pleasant. That's another thing with like the lubes. They've really come a long way with those as well. We can talk about lube. <laughs> Let's talk about lube. <laughs> well, it's sliding in. Oh, okay. So. Um, there's like water-based lube, there's silicone-based lube, and then of course there's um, oils. You know, people like to use. I don't know why in porn, like oil is such a thing. Well, you know, the baby oil effect. You get that shimmer and shine. Yeah. Everything just looks sexier when it's all I, slick and, and. I guess so. But the neat freaking me, I'm like, that's oil. It's gonna get on the fabric and it's gonna stay. <laughs> I know, like when, when they get all crazy with like the baby oil, just and, sloshing it. Yeah, and yeah. it's like all over their clothes. It's like, oh, you gotta throw that shirt away. Yeah. You know? That oil stain is never coming out. <laughs> but um, from the from the safety standpoint, um, don't use silicone lube with silicone toys. Really? Why not? I think it's to do with either friction or it can permeate the material and just like damage it. Oh. So uh, if you have silicone toys, use water-based lube. Oh, okay. And then um, as far as condoms are concerned, you know, like latex condoms, don't don't use Vaseline. Um, or like petroleum-based uh, lubricants because they can break the condom. Really? Yeah. And don't mm. double up with condoms because <laughs> they can cause friction and break. <laughs> you only need one. Wow. Internal or external, depending on who you're with. Damn. Like that? I don't know. I, I Of course, you don't need to do... It's like the whole double masking thing. Like, why would you do that? But like, why would you do double... Like, you're really that worried that you're going to impregnate somebody? You I put two condoms on? Because then you really can't feel anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know hmm. like who or why they thought two condoms was a good idea. Yeah. But yeah, the, the friction will just make it snap and rip. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun. The water base thing, that, that totally makes sense. I was always curious why, you know, it, it obviously could boil down to like a preference type of thing because yeah. the 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 consistency of water base versus uh, silicone lube is totally different. Yeah, how much slip do you want? Right, stickiness. There is this one uh, brand that I absolutely love. It's called Fuck Water, <laughs> and it's it's like it's white and it actually has the similar consistency to to come to like ejaculate. Okay. Um, which is exciting, you know, for those who are into that kind of thing visually or, you know, to, who like to use that sort of stuff for lube. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have the same kind of smell or anything like that either. But gotcha. yeah, fuck water. Fuck water. Okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's certainly a, a term I haven't heard before or a brand <laughs> I haven't heard before. The one that I've um, often heard of and used for a really long time was gun oil. Gun oil. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, is this is sex wax? That's like a, that's something for skateboards, isn't it? Surfers. Surfers. That's yeah. What because I, I guess maybe the, the wax and the water, how they kind of go right. hand in hand in right. the ocean. Yeah. But yeah. So but don't use sex don't, wax. Don't use sex wax as lube. <laughs> on, on your junk. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, surfing. If you're into candling and wax, I mean, that's one thing too, but. That's another, that's another thing that I've kind of dabbled in in the past. Um, it takes, you know, the pain thing. It just takes in a special individual. Mm-hmm. Some people really, really like it. It also depends on how hot your wax is. Because if it's like dripping hot off a candle, then yeah, you, you can actually get burned. Right. There's real, there's actual candles that are built, that are made just for this purpose so that it mm-hmm. doesn't get that hot. Yeah. And there's like even massage oil candles mm-hmm. where like you burn the candle and you just dip in and rub your partner down and yeah. it's, you know, something different. But yeah, I mean, there are people that like to drip hot wax on themselves. Oh man, I don't know. Like, I don't know if like, it just feels like water torture. You know, like after a while, it's like okay, 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 okay. <laughs> All right, That's a safe word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, banana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so what else you got there? What else do I have on here? I have um, oh, sexual screening. For sexual health, getting tested and knowing your status. How does one, other than like going to like a Planned Parenthood, are there things, I, I've seen some advertisements for people, uh, for, for companies that are selling uh, screenings on the internet. Mm-hmm. So you can do it at home. At home, yeah. Is that... That's that's the, the is, new is thing. Effective? I'm I don't know how effective it is, okay. but I know that kind of this at home privacy kind of thing is the new way to go. So Well, I would do it. I would way. definitely say look into it, especially if you have that not to say stigma or shame, but if you're just like I don't know that I want to go and do this or right. I don't want anyone to know about it and I want to do it in the privacy of my own home. Right. I think there are limitations to what can be done because syphilis is a blood test. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you you should definitely be screened, especially because Sacramento is the number one city for STIs in the state. Are you serious? I am serious, especially oh, for gonorrhea and chlamydia. <laughs> I don't know why you're celebrating that. Oh, and this <laughs> is that sarcasm? It's complete sarcasm. <laughs> I am repulsed at us as a city. Oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah. And, and there's, like, new um, bacteria-resistant strains of gonorrhea and syphilis. Wow. So, um, And some people yeah. could be walking around with it not, not, not even, even know. knowing and just transmitting it 
left and right. Yeah, so you should definitely get tested and know your status. And some of the symptoms, you kind of hear that expression, does it burn when you pee? Yeah. Usually an indicator of an STI. Could be worse, could be bladder, could be kidney issues. Right. But Drink some cranberry juice. Some cranberry juice and see a doctor. <laughs> like, just just check that, check that shit out. Yeah, just get the oil checked. Get it checked. Mm-hmm. And same thing with... Um, like HIV, you know, you can have it and it may not ever affect you in that way. And then one day you, you get really sick and, well, why am I so sick? Mm-hmm. Your immune system is gone, Damn. you know? How often should a sexually active person be getting tested? That depends on the sex life that they have. So if you're in a monogamous relationship and it's the same person, I mean, not to say that you should never get tested because, you know, you, you trust your partner. Yeah, maybe like once a year. If okay. you go to um, like if, if you go to a gynecologist appointment, I think they routinely screen you for at least um, gonorrhea and chlamydia. But if okay. you want to say, hey, just give me the full panel, right. they can take care of that at the same time. Okay. Or if you're going just for your annual checkup, hey, just curious. Okay. If you're in like maybe a poly situation or you're um, not even in a relationship, but you're just promiscuous, promiscuous having yeah. a lot of sex, maybe every six months or so. Oh, okay. And then, you know, people who I think are in the industry, like the adult film industry, I think they get tested like every two weeks. Right. So well, I'd have to be up on that. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy that they do that. Like it just, it's so reassuring to know that the porn industry is taking this turn. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're not only taking the the lives of the the actors seriously mm-hmm. but it is setting a great example because a lot of people follow porn and and porn stars and go you know I want to be like that yeah but when you actually have them being outward about their status and what they're doing cuz then it, then it makes it a little bit more um you know cuz the condom sex in porn is is I don't like it I can't stand it thank you so <laughs> You know, knowing that they're doing everything that they need to do in order to keep them all safe and clean so that we it's can great. see so we can see the the carnal action the way that we're supposed to see it. It's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. And and I think too, like maybe even normalizing it in porn with condoms. It's just like, hey, look, they're having sex with a condom and it's yeah. great for that regard. Yeah. But that's not what I'm trying to watch. No, no, no. no. That's <laughs> not that's not why I'm going there. No. No. No, no. And so yeah, like locally there's one community health um downtown. In you know, Sacramento? In Sacramento, they offer free testing. Okay. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting those resources out there for you guys if you don't One know. Community health. Mm-hmm. Good to know. That, and honestly, I, that blows my mind that Sacramento is the leader of STIs in the state of California. Last time I checked, and I think that was at least a year ago that I checked. But oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing's changed. I, I don't think it has. <laughs> and um, it's crazy, too, because something like gonorrhea, the fact that it has become antibacterial resistant like it's making me think of MRSA oh my you know God. that's not good oh no and I mean imagine having that like for life something that once upon a time our parents would just get a shot or get a pill mm-hmm. end of day end of story mm-hmm. but now yeah you might be combating that fucker for who knows how long. Jesus. And what does that do to, to the body? Burning pee, uh, number one. Oh. And it's like a th- uh, really thick, gnarly discharge that can come out of your orifices. No. And you can get it in the back of your throat. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's. Uh, I have it on, up on the blog in the uh, fellatio blog about um, using safe sex practices. And there's a wonderful screenshot of someone with gonorrhea in the back of their throat. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it looks almost like strep, like white, uh-huh. splotchy, patchy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see you rubbing your neck there. <laughs> well, I just, I would hate, I would hate to, like, have that. But, like, because you don't know if you have it, unless you get 
you know, tested. If you have symptoms, yeah, or if you get tested. And I think symptoms usually show up in about seven days after um, exposure. Like, how awful would it be to, like, unknowingly give that to somebody and they have to go through that process? And, like, oh, I, I, I just, I could not live with that. Or when someone cheats on you and then they tell you that uh, they have gonorrhea. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's not that's not the way you want to find out. It's really not. Are you are you are you looking to be like that because it's happened? Or? Oh yeah, that that's been my experience. Oh no. Where it was after the fact, and I'm just like, thanks, fucker. You know. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. It was fine. I got tested and I got the shot and I was negative. Okay. Thank God. But just the same, it was the principle of the thing. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Well, at least you know. The decency to tell you, at thank least, you so much. You know, but still, yeah. the 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 principle of the matter remains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, people are just sleazy. People are pigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's also those innocent ones that just don't know. They just don't know. They yeah. don't know, and that won't go get tested because of the shame of everything. But as we displayed here, there are there are options for you yeah. to do these things without without there any without any hang-ups yeah and if you're a student like if you're a college student check with your college campus because they usually have almost a fully functioning like medical facility not not, not quite a hospital right but especially if you have like a nursing program right. i guarantee you they can help you out well yeah they need they not only do they need case studies to yeah. help teach the student uh, the, the students but also that's where you experiment is in college <laughs> that's time yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so you know yeah. Hormones are running high. I'm running high. And also, quickly, I was going to talk about um, the assumption of the term sexually active. Okay. I think like, when you hear the, the word sex, what do you think of? Uh, the act. Of? Sex. Like uh, cunnilingus and coitus. Okay. And, you know, all of all of the subsects of sex where you're engaging with another human or by yourself. Gotcha. Um, in the sexual act. You are one of the enlightened ones then because oh, there are still so um... many people <laughs> who think that um, sexually active defines or, you know, is intercourse, heteronormative intercourse. Right. And I'm just like, well, so if you're having anal sex, that's not necessarily a penis and a vagina. Does that not count as sex? If you're putting someone's genitals in your mouth, are you not having sex? Well, is a lesbian's a gold star lesbian specifically? Is her uh, sexuality void because she's never had sex with a man? Right, because so, there's been no penetration from the penis. Yeah, exactly. Well, so. so some kids, you know, growing up, who take these vows of of uh, you know celibacy, celibacy, and they say, oh, we didn't have sex. We you did just, anal. You just put it in my butt. <laughs> Yep. But that's still sex. It's still sex. Yeah, you, there's no there's no beating around the bush there. Well, I mean, in I guess in their belief system, there is. Yeah, but it's not. It's th- it's still a sexual you're act. You're preaching to the choir. I know. But yeah. So like that is a thing. Like that people, is very much a thing. People will just disregard certain things because oh no 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 I'm not sexually active. There wasn't a dick involved. Yeah. yeah. But but you know we we bumped uglies. In a different way. Yeah. Therefore, it's not sex. And I mean, I can understand maybe you may not define like dry humping as as full sex or... That's like foreplay, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, I would say so. And mm. then like even maybe mutual masturbation or yeah, like okay. digital penetration. But I mean, it's like Whoa. if you're... Res- Never heard of that one before. It's fingering. Digit. Oh, digits. D- digits. Oh, okay. I was thinking like internet, you know. Oh, it's like... Uh, cybering. Cybering. Yeah. <laughs> Do people cyber anymore? Yeah, you know, I think it's like an ongoing 
conversation. You know, I don't think that it's like a it's like a okay ASL. Yeah, right. The old timey. What are you wearing? Aim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then it's like the and then I do this and then you do that. I don't think it's like that. I think now it's video chat. It's over Zoom. <laughs> I, I, maybe, but I also think like there's a, there's a level of it's just like oh I'm just gonna send sexy send pictures. Yeah throughout the day or I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking about now and it's like Got this it. I think it's just like this revolving conversation that happens rather than the event of sitting down on AOL Instant Messenger and <laughs> or ICQ or so oh my god you mentioned ICQ <laughs> so so dating ourselves right oh, now yeah. so old hashtag old <laughs> those are the good old days <laughs> were they uh, you know I don't know maybe it was just because it was so new and exciting when when I was young and it was like it was the new frontier now it's just like it's just it's just another la- it's like the second language you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah the connective the, the connectivity that we have with people i think kind of desensitizes the overall connection that we have in general going back to like you know finding finding same-sex partners on like dating apps and stuff and where the, the hookup culture is just so so dominant right that that connectivity that you you, you can't you can't reach that level because it's just like, oh, I just want to blank. You know, it's just the automatic. I just want to, I just want to rub one out and get done. You know, onto the next, nut and go, and onto the next thing. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's, it's too, it's too fast paced. It's interesting because I think back to like the hippies and the free love era, and I'm very curious what hookup culture was like back then. Because I mean, they were just throwing it around, you know, yeah. back then. It was almost like they just stuck it in and went off went along their merry way yeah i don't know like i I, i'm completely speaking out of my ass right now (laughs) same but you know you look back at those times and the free love the free love era and you think well maybe they were just doing orgies all the time and it was just like accepted and you know why don't we go back to the old roman times where it's just like these these big orgy halls and you just show up and do your thing i think that's a big thing in san francisco that used to be is it still i don't know well especially with covid i I definitely don't know but like i think the power exchange was like the big place you could just go and fuck people yeah i think that's the last bastion of of (laughs) clubs in in san francisco i i dabbled a little bit in in that um in that area um curious you know like Mm -hmm. fascinated with this public sex you know escapades where you can go and to these places and and share these moments with other people Mm -hmm. random strangers sometimes yeah but every every person that i talked to or would bring it up to and say oh no it's just kind of dirty and there's just a bunch of like pervy guys just like you know just walking around with their dick in their hands and if that's what they want to do at the power exchange let them i I agree (laughs) i agree but i feel like there's such there is that stigma yeah where it's like it's not a very inviting place gotcha yeah Yeah. but the uh the Folsom street fair is happening this weekend oh okay which is a huge deal down there um it's like a big leather party Mm -hmm. you've heard of this right oh yeah I've heard. I've always wanted to go, but I just I can't stand the Bay Area. Yeah, sorry, Bay Area people. <laughs> I I used to I I I went one year. Okay, and it was way too late in the day, so it was super packed. Like apparently, you're supposed to go earlier in the in the weekend, and it's like the it's it's the parties leading up to the actual day, which is like a Sunday. Okay. Sunday is like the main day for the the Folsom Street Fair event, which it's just a bunch of leather daddies and and twinks and kinky people, naked people, a lot of like really <laughs> out there, like stuff that you would experience like on Fet Life, like that. It's just a, it's a 
huge gathering of people in the alternative sex scene. Gotcha. Lots out. of dominatrixes. Yeah, a lot just of that. Out and about. Yeah, and yeah. there's like people like doing pup play and 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 horse pit, play, piss play. Oh. Like they're doing all that kind of stuff out there in the streets. Just in the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's fascinating to be a part of it. But when I when I went there, it was so crowded. It was just it was hard to enjoy it because you're just kind of like a sardine walking shuffling from place to place and you can't really see anything and you weren't slipping on jizz everywhere no there no there wasn't a lot of jizz where i was i was gotcha. stepping but you know <laughs> it was kind of fun to like i got all dressed up in some leathers and stuff and Ooh, yeah there's some pictures out there somewhere now see i want to see you in the cross harness i'm curious i, I was like <laughs> it wasn't a cross harness but it was like a harness that like went over my shoulders and like kind of it was kind of like a, a chest plated type of thing it wasn't the, it wasn't the cross harness gotcha though. okay yeah. Assless chaps? No. <laughs> no, but they, it was it was like the, yes, but I had something on underneath. Underneath it. Okay. But it, they were like the assless, like short chaps. Like they were okay. shorts. Gotcha. So it wasn't like the full pant. But yeah, I had that. And okay. like, so there's like knee high boots. Uh, heels? Not heels, uh. no. But that would be cool. Like I, I'm all about like the gender bent outfits. Mm-hmm. especially in like the kink world I, I think that that's just awesome when when I, I I've dabbled in that as well like kind of doing a gender bent cross dressing type of thing okay um and it's it was a short-lived thing but it's still there like sometimes you never know like you never know. The, the, the mood strikes you put on something fancy yeah you feel good you feel good yeah. and since you brought up kink let's talk about kink <laughs> okay what about it um, well, um, I'm curious now that you've kind of opened these floodgates, I'm like, how far into kink have you gotten? But at the same time, I don't want to like put you on blast. <laughs> well, I've, I've explored a lot of things. Okay. Um, there, there was an instance where, uh, a partner and I were in a shower and, you know, we had to go and the number one flowed and it was like, Hey, that kind of feels good. And it was like a awakening to a form of piss play mm-hmm. but it was it was just a light thing like just 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 every once in a while type of thing gotcha uh, but it definitely opened up uh, a, a wormhole of interest at least okay. like kind of exploring certain porn that that involved it and you know there's there was some there were some pornos of of men pissing inside of the woman and she would like push it out Oh, and okay. like that act itself, a was, piss squirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that act itself, like it's very specific. Um, I see. I thought that when guys had an erection, that pissing was difficult. It is okay. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very difficult. Okay. There, there, there were instances where you're just kind of like, okay, nothing's happening, but I'm really trying, and it's like, it's, hang on, I'm like two minutes later, hang on, <laughs> it's coming. Um, Have yeah. you read the Fifty Shades books? No. Okay. So the, is there something like that in there? It's not quite piss play, but there is a part where um, Anastasia, um, I think that's her name. Uh, anyway, um, he's he basically tells her, don't pee. Oh. And so it's like the, the pressure buildup in mm-hmm. her bladder makes the sex that much more intense, mm-hmm. um, which is is true it, that does happen and at the same time though i'm like why didn't you just make her squirt bro because that's completely it's separate it comes out of the same hole but yeah. it's separate it's it's a it's an art 
Like it takes it takes a finesse. Yeah, that and in my some experience. some women, some vagina vagina <laughs> vagina owners um can't do it and yeah you know so I mean I get it but I'm like if this guy in this book is mm-hmm. the, the quote unquote sex god that right. he's made out to be right. you can make her squirt yeah something something the, the the something tells me that the author of those books wasn't really that well versed in the kink world what i heard was that these books started out as like twilight fan fiction Mm -hmm. and then like it became a thing yeah so yeah and i don't know like how much of the author was like these are my repressed fantasies that i want to live out on paper Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know yeah i i only think i've never read them and i've never seen a what either of the movies any of the movies okay but the one thing i did take away was when they the books first came out and the, the you know the big everybody was reading it everybody was also commenting at how bad the writing was like how yeah. bad the grammar was yeah and it's almost like it was just slapped together and thrown together and and moms were like going crazy over this stuff it's almost like they had never seen or heard of any of these types of things before but it was like so poorly written that that was enough for them too yeah and i mean like i'm gonna sound like a a grammar or like an english writing snob but like for me reading it i was literally ripping pages out like one at a time like yeah this is is that bad this is terrible so (laughs) and like i I sent a picture to my mom with like the book destroyed on the floor and she's like what are you doing i wanted to read that when you were done and i'm like it's garbage it's garbage i'm like if you want to read it go to the library and get it but it's garbage if you really want to read like good kink get Anne rice's sleeping beauty series really like it's like the most fucked up kink shit and like really? you can imagine yeah oh, i didn't know that she had it in her she's the she's a interview with a vampire author right yeah yeah i did not know that she did literatica oh yeah and it's under um a pen name it's not under Anne rice but oh, i think if okay. you just google Anne rice sleeping beauty it'll pop up cool and i mean these are some graphic hmm. fucking stories <laughs> you know i i actually really do enjoy erotic literature in fact, oh, I should send you some. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, th- that was one of my first back when the Internet was in its infancy. You still can only go to porn sites and do the tour, you know, like click, click through the tour to oh, see like the JPEG. What, right, right. Just to see like what the website had to offer. And they'd like cover up some of the stuff, but you'd see tits and stuff. And yeah, like that was enough for me when I was 12. Yeah, exactly. But um the next level of that was going to the liter literatica mm-hmm. and that like opened up my mind to like a whole different world because it's the it's it's the writing that puts you into that theater of the mind type of thing and then i discovered audio porn which i think i've mentioned this many times before like that is a niche market that i think needs to be capitalized on so it's With, people reading erotica well it, no like okay so in my in my vision it's literally real life situations couples thruple whatever like whatever any type of sexual scenario that's literally there's just a a recording device and you could just place in the room you just hear it like you're like you're a fly on the wall type of thing yeah i'm into that (sighs) i think that it would be great like there's so many different categories you could do and like you know there's the role-playing aspect where you can like be different characters um but you got to be able to get into it right like that's that's something for me is i can't I'm not good at role playing because I can't stay in character. Gotcha. But better people than me who <laughs> would get paid to do this on recordings would probably, you know, I think that there's something there. Have you seen the ASMR shit on yes. Pornhub? Yes. I and I I kind of I went into that wormhole just to see how like maybe I can get an angle on that because that's that in it of itself is such a niche market mm-hmm. that 
I that that should just be left alone because the ASMR thing is so so niche yeah. that you really need to be. But I love it. There's something like that tingly feeling that you get from the ASMR effect, mm-hmm. and just add in the sexual the sexual Component, side of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's outstanding. Do you do the ones that have um, the visual, or is it just the audio? So I would pull them up just for the audio. Gotcha. But you know, and sometimes the, the visuals is is are nice mm-hmm. but you know it's sometimes it's just like girls like on those um the, the microphones themselves look like ears oh yeah you know those asmr microphones yeah. they pick up like the really sensitive sound and when you like put your put your hands on it and you, like <laughs> you put your lips on it like it's they're making out with like this microphone gotcha so the visual doesn't really do anything for me it's definitely the audible okay. effect yeah yeah for me it's the the um, instructional ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The JOIs, Jack Off Inspiration. Yeah. 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 There's like the, there's like the, uh, the therapists or the, you know, the, yeah. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Those are good ones because it's like the, Daddy's working. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. See, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's a niche market and I, it, it could be big. I, I just, I know it. There's, <laughs> there's gotta be somebody to lead the way. And maybe that's me. I don't know. Um, you but, could find, that could be your other million dollar hustle right there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm close. <laughs> I'm almost there. Pun intended. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, well, I think, what do you think? You think we covered enough? I, yeah, you tell me like time-wise, what you, know, you got. I think that we should we should come back and talk about kinks another time. Okay. Yeah, that that kind of threw me off, but I'm very I'm very interested to maybe get some other listeners involved in that conversation because there's some kinksters out there. Oh, yeah. There, there's some people that are into it. And if we can normalize the conversation about kinks, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, and kinks I, don't have to be whips and chains, or it doesn't have to be like full costume play either. No, it could be something like ASMR. Yeah. It, it could be it could be ex- exhibitionism, voyeurism. voyeurism. Yeah. You know, all those all those subsects of of that. It would be really fun to explore. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Lindsay. You are welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, sexologist in training, uh, the blogger herself of sackinthesheets.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's sac in the sheets.com check it out and uh looking forward to having you back yay thank you so much namaste bitches the rad the